Family Travel Radio is on the air. Is this a question? Oh, wait, no. okay. It's, I'm just kidding. I think that's exactly what you're supposed to okay. say. Just okay. Say it with feeling. Say it. Pretend like you're giving your class president speech. Okay. Okay. Wait, oh. Family Travel Radio is on the air. Perfect. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Hello out there, my friend. It's Aaron Schlein, and welcome to episode number 10. Yes, my friend, double digits. Episode 10 of Family Travel Radio. Today, we are going to be talking about traveling with reluctant teenagers. Yes, indeed. We are going to be speaking with one of the leading authorities on traveling with teens who don't want to travel with you. Wow. Shelly Bailey Shaw is the founder of Kid Tripster, and I brought her on the program today to talk about traveling with those reluctant teens. And Shelly holds nothing back in talking about why teenagers may not want to travel with their parents. I'm here to tell you the cold hard truth. There's gonna come a day when your child is gonna choose time with his friends over time with you. Then Shelly is going to share with us nine things, nine very specific actions you can take to win over your disinterested teen and get them excited about travel. I understand the transformative power of travel. I'm here to tell you that there is a way to get teenagers on board with any of your travel plans. As always, all the notes and links and all the resources from this episode are available at familytravel.org slash radio. All right, my friend, off we go with episode number 10. This is the last episode of 2018, but we're just getting started here at Family Travel Radio, my friend. The future is looking bright. Please sit back and enjoy this episode of Family Travel Radio, and then get out and start traveling with those teenagers in the new year. Enjoy, my friend. Today on Family Travel Radio, we're speaking with Shelly Bailey Shaw. Shelly is the editor of KidTripster.com, an online family travel resource that provides information and inspiration to families traveling with kids anywhere in the world. Shelly has worked as a television reporter for more than 20 years before founding Kid Tripster as a way of combining her passions for journalism and family travel. She's the mom of two sons, ages 16 and 18, living in Portland, Oregon. And congratulations to Shelly and Kid Tripster, as last month they won the prestigious Lowell Thomas Silver Award from the Society of American Travel Writers for Best Travel Journalism website. Shelly! Welcome to Family Travel Radio. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. And congratulations once again on the, on that award. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, we're pretty excited about um, that particular award. And it is the Silver Award, meaning we lost out to the BBC Travel website. But hey, I'm, I'm perfectly fine having lost out to the BBC. If you're going to come in second to, to anyone, how about just a, an organization that essentially has a whole country in their corner? Exactly, exactly. So we're we're feeling pretty good about it. Love it, love it. Well, I have invited Shelly on Family Travel Radio today to talk about traveling with teens, particularly traveling with teens who may not want to travel with you. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, Shelly, if you would, just take us through, go back in your, your memory as far as you can, and just tell me about how travel has impacted your life. 
Well, you know, I grew up in Western Michigan and we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. So we didn't take big vacations. Uh, we spent most of our time at my grandpa's cottage on Torch Lake in Northern Michigan, uh, many summers there with family and friends. But when I got married, both my husband and I really enjoyed traveling. So for the first five years of our marriage, when we didn't have kids, we did a lot of traveling. And then when our first son was born, we certainly didn't want to stop, nor should you have to. Um, you know, as I tell young families, it is possible to travel. You just need to do it in a different way. Maybe start smaller and then grow those experiences as your kids grow. So, um, you know, as the kids got older, we started uh, being a little bit more adventurous in our travel. And then in 2013, I was actually diagnosed with a, a really aggressive form of breast cancer. And during that time, during chemo, I kind of hatched this plan that I was going to take my kids on a trip around the world. Um, you know, nothing like a near-death experience to put a little perspective in your life. So I, I planned that trip. And, in, and a couple of years later, I took a sabbatical from my job as a television reporter and I did. I took my two boys, um, who were then 10 and 13, on a backpacking trip, 72 days around the world. The first half of it, I traveled with them solo. And then the second half, my husband joined us. And, you know, as you can probably guess, it was an adventure. It was a once-of-a-lifetime experience. Um, we traveled from England to the Netherlands, Tanzania, Zanzibar, Dubai, Nepal, Thailand, Cambodia, and we ended up in French Polynesia. And because I'm a journalist, um, I did a lot of travel writing um, based on that trip. And it, it sort of got me thinking, got my juices flowing. And so in 2016, I left my job as a television reporter and started Kid Tripster. So Today, um, I manage a staff of about 50-some professional parent journalists who write about travel destinations that they go to with their kids. And we also have a staff of Kid Tripster teens. So these are teenagers who write about travel from their perspective. And it's actually really popular content on our site because parents want to know what teens and kids think about travel before they make an investment. So I'm pretty dialed into the whole teen scene. Well, and you're definitely going to get a, an opportunity to to reveal some of that that wisdom and that that plugged in nature today on Family Travel Radio, Shelley. Just everything you just laid out there. I mean, we could go in a million different directions, and I think we could probably talk all afternoon about that around the world trip. And I got a million questions, but we'll try to stay focused here. But before we moved on, move on. I just want to close the loop. So you had that that the aggressive form of breast cancer, which led you to that. You said the near death experience. So how it's 2018 now? How are you doing today? I am 10 years in the clear, uh, no cancer in sight, happily to say, and, uh, you know, have just been really blessed and, and thankful. So glad to hear that and certainly uh, grateful for the, for the wisdom that you picked up along the way. And now you're here to share that with us. So without further ado, let's move on to traveling with teens and specifically, and I love this part of it, traveling with teens who may not want to travel with you. Tell me, get us started down that, down that road. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're a parent of a child who's under the age of 13, um, the thought of your kid not wanting to go on vacation with you is, is probably pretty foreign, right? You're like, what? They don't want to go on vacation? You know, how can that be? Well, as the mother of 
two sons um, who are now 16 and 18 years old, I'm here to tell you the cold, hard truth. You know, there's going to come a day when your child is going to choose time over time with his friends over time with you, even if that time were going to be spent like in some sort of exotic, faraway place. Um, and I know this because, you know, I have two kids who, who are different kinds of travelers. My oldest son is an avid traveler. You know, he enjoys the whole process from flying to exploring a new place to sampling, you know, local foods. He's totally in it. My youngest son is what I would term a reluctant traveler. So he suffers from a condition that parents of teenagers are going to be familiar with called FOMO, you know, otherwise known as the fear of missing out. And it, it, it's not about missing out on, you know, these once in a lifetime travel experiences. He's worried about missing out with his friends, time with his friends. So, you know, a few months ago, our family went on a two week trip to Alaska and I have to tell you, like, he was so reluctant and kind of pushing back about it. But I understand the transformative power of travel. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to risk being rejected by my kid in order to drag him along on a trip that he ultimately really did enjoy. So I'm here to tell you that there is a way to get teenagers on board with any of your travel plans. When you've got a a wonderful piece over at kidtripster.com that really serves as a, as a companion here to this episode. And we're going to go through nine tips for traveling with your teen that doesn't want to travel with you. So we're just going to start with number one, Shelly. Just I'm going to kind of read these off and then you just expand and share your wisdom. Point number one, or excuse me, tip number one is understand your teen's travel style. Tell us about that. Well, you know, we all have a travel style and I think that you're going to have a lot more luck getting your teenager enthused about traveling with you if you are dialed in to their travel style and where they currently are in their stage of life. So, you know, my son having been, you know, the, being the son of, a, of, of an avid traveler and a travel editor, he's had the good fortune to travel the world. So he's really, he's done some of those deep dives into different cultures, China, Nepal, Cambodia, India. Tanzania. Um, but I have to say, after our most recent trip to India, where he suffered a pretty severe case of deli belly, um, he made me promise that I would limit his future travels to the developed world. So he was like, Mom, I'm kind of done with third world travel. And, you know, I have to respect that. I have to recognize where he is in this moment of his life. Um, in that the perfect family vacation for him right now is probably going to involve some sort of all-inclusive, you know, island resort that has a teen club that he can escape to, you know, at night. So, so be it. I, you know, my husband and I have kind of put our other travel plans on hold and we'll tackle those when we're empty nesters. But if we want to travel with our kid, we're going to need to recognize what it is that he wants to do. Shelly, you have a, a pretty unique situation and your sons both have a very unique situation in that they've done this considerable amount of traveling, more traveling in 16 and 18 years than many people do in their lives. Do you think that plays into it in any way? Just maybe that some of the magic might be gone a little bit? You know, I, there's probably a little bit of that going on because again, they've had the good fortune to have some pretty extraordinary um, travel experiences. For example, both of them have been to the Galapagos Islands. Now, 
from a nature experience, you know, standpoint, it's hard to top the Galapagos Islands. I mean, that's like, you know, um, one of those bucket list trips. So I do find myself sort of having to up my game a little bit here when I'm traveling with them because they have been to a lot of places. They're fortunate. Well, I love that. I love that you take that, that ownership of, of, of having to up your game as a parent. That's, that's just a great, a great challenge because these trips are, are for them, but they're also for you. And it's a constant challenge. And I just love that you're taking that much ownership because that's, that's really important. So let's move on here. Number two, and this is a huge one, involve your teen in the planning. Yeah. So if you're um, the parent of younger kids, I know that you have younger kids and maybe you have a picky eater. You've heard this kind of advice before, you know, like have your child cook with you and they'll be more likely to eat their dinner. Right. So this is sort of along the same lines. If you involve your your kids in the process um, get them more involved in the planning, you're going to be more likely to get buy-in. And the buy-in is key. So I would say, you know, come up with a short list of possibilities that are all acceptable to you. That's key. Make sure they're acceptable to you. And then start sharing websites and travel articles with your teenager and, you know, encourage them to follow the destination or the resort on um, Instagram. Um, And then this part's important. Give them the power to make the final decision. Now, that might be a big jump for some parents, but if you if you set it up that all the possibilities are acceptable to you, then you should be able to leave that decision with them. Because at the end of the day, if they don't enjoy that vacation, you can always fall back on, well, you know, dude, you chose it, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to own your decision there, kid. It's funny that you talk about things that are acceptable to you, because when I was 15, my grandmother came to me and said, where do you want to go? I want to take you on a trip. And she didn't give me a list and she didn't give me like a vetted list of places that were acceptable to her. And I chose Rio de Janeiro and she's like, Oh my God. Um, okay. And she was a little trepidatious about it. We ended up pulling it off. We had a great time, but she was, she was a little bit on edge, especially during the planning phase. Um, so that kind of goes to your point of find places that are acceptable to you. But on the flip side, uh, she did not do that, and the trip still worked out okay. Well, I give her credit for following through on her promise to you. Oh, she certainly did. And that was one unique thing with my my grandparents. They, I grew up in California. They were in Dallas, Texas. So she used those trips as just an, an excuse to spend time with, with her grandkids, with my sister and, and with me. So she wanted to open it up as wide as she could so we could do something amazing. So we would want to travel with her, which, which we continued to do even as young adults. So good, uh, kind of good points all the way around. So moving on and Shelly, this might be the hardest one. Be bold and unplug. <laughs> right. So, you know, this condition of FOMO that I was talking about, it's exacerbated by social media. So when your teenager can see on Snapchat what his friends are doing, even if those activities are far less exciting than your vacation, he's going to wish that he was with them. And that connection that he has to his friends is going to make it really more difficult for him to connect to you. So, you know, kids and parents, I think, need time to detox. You need time away from the tech. You need time away from that constant connection. And every family that I've ever known to sort of take this bold move has been better for it. And it's certainly the case, you know, in in our family. And so, 
you know, they're going to suffer a little bit of withdrawal at the very beginning. But after the first day, I really don't think you're going to hear that many complaints. And I think the easiest way to power down is to choose a vacation where being connected isn't even an option. So, for example, on that trip that we took to Alaska this past summer, we chose to go on a small ship cruise um, with Alaskan Dream. And on Alaskan Dream, there is no connectivity. So, you know, there is no option. And, and that is a great strategy. But here's the key. Parents, you have to be willing to practice what you preach. So even if there is the op- option of connectivity, you got to put your phones away too. Well, Shelley, that's why I said that that might be the hardest one. It's, yeah. it's, it's again, it's, you hit it right on the head. It's setting that example. And I am certainly guilty. I was as recently as yesterday, I was guilty of this. I told my kids to, to turn off the TV. And meanwhile, I was sitting in the corner. I was reading a book, but I was reading on the iPad and they don't, they don't really appreciate the difference between right. reading a book and, and playing a game or watching a movie. So I had to put away the iPad too, so I could, so I could practice what I preach. Yeah, they're not going to differentiate if you're on your phone or your computer, you know, checking into the office and checking your emails. They don't care. You're you're looking at a screen. Yep, you got a screen in front of your face. You're plugged in. So be bold and unplug. I love that. All right, moving on. Number four, and this one's a little more fun. Actually, it could be a lot more fun. Book a vacation that includes peers. Right. So you know, that, that Alaskan cruise was a great example. I remember getting on the ship and um, it was a, a designated fam- family cruise. So we knew that there was going to be other kids on board. But my teenager turned to me and he said, oh, you know, by the way, I'm not going to talk to any of the other kids on the ship while we're here. And I was like, oh, okay, good, good to know. So, you know, within but within 24 hours of leaving the dock, my son had successfully found every kid over the age of 13 on that ship. And for the next week, we only saw him at breakfast and during our, our shore excursions. The rest of the time, you found him, you know, playing chess or playing cards with this like new group of friends. And like there was this family from Israel and the boys um, were actually really accomplished magicians. And they ended up teaching all the other teenagers these very cool magic tricks that my kid still does to this day. And then, you know, in the evenings, the teens would join the younger kids for some more organized activities, game nights, movie nights, what have you, below deck. And then every night, those same kids were dining at their own table, no screens in front of them, actually having face-to-face conversations, which is kind of rare um, for for teenagers. So, you know, you might argue that, well, that doesn't really sound like a family vacation because you didn't spend that much time with your son. But the reality of being a teenage parent is you, you take what you can get, you know, and we did spend breakfast with him. We did do our shore excursions with him. Um, but the, you know, during the other time he was, he was interacting with his peers and that was okay. So, you know, when you choose a vacation, whether it's a resort or a cruise or whatever, you know, make sure there's going to be other kids their age, um, along for the ride. This interesting memory popped into my head as you're telling that story. Uh, again, I was also with my grandmother. She took us on a, my sister and me on a two week Australian cruise. And for anyone who's cruised, just about anything over seven days, uh, the, the, the amount of young people on the ship goes down considerably. In this case, it was 14 days in the middle of the school year. There were virtually no kids on the ship, but there were just enough to where we all found each other. I'm talking, I don't know, 10, 12 tops. And 
some of the friendships and the memories and just the fun times we had with that group was, was just really remarkable because kind of, like you said, you're, you're forced to find each other. And when you do, you kind of form this tribe of people who might not necessarily have hung out or found each other if it had been a, a big family, kid-friendly, you know, seven-day Caribbean cruise. Right. And what's really interesting about that this day and age is that that connection you have with the group doesn't have to end. So, you know, we have kid tripster teens who have told us that they've met kids on a cruise that they're still connected with via social media. And those, you know, kids are all around the world. So, you know, this day and age with technology, um, I think it, you know, adds kind of a different element that your kids can continue these relationships that they make on vacation. Certainly. And just like one more little point here before we move on. I just always found it just so much easier to to just relax and be myself as a kid on vacation, which I think was part of the reason why the friendships and the bonds you formed with people were were more lasting because you didn't have the, the pressure of every day. You didn't have the pressure of, of school. I could just be myself. And that allowed me to, to connect with people in a more meaningful way, which really just sort of accelerated uh, just the arc of your friendship. You just became really fast, meaningful friends because you're able to be yourself for, you know, even if it's just a week, but you just, the bonds you can form really quickly while you're traveling are, are pretty remarkable. And what a great lesson to learn as you move into adulthood. Agreed. Absolutely. So speaking of school or speaking of learning, let's move on to point number five, which is go light on the learning. Yeah, I have to tell you, this one kind of pains me to say, but it's true. You know, teenagers spend a lot of time in the classroom. And when they're not at school, you know, they're prepping for their SATs or their ACTs. And it's just a lot of brain time, right? So if a family vacation feels more like a school field trip, they're not going to dig it. They're not going to be buying in. So for our family, that means that we don't spend a lot of time in museums when we're on vacation. Now, that's not to say that my boys don't learn something while we're traveling. The key here is that it has to be experiential. It has to be learning by doing. And when they're doing that, and, I, and I've incorporated that into our travel, then they fully embrace the experience. I love that. So, so give me an example of, of experiential. You know, for example, um, when we were in Cambodia, we are, excuse me, Thailand, we took a day where we took a family cooking class and, you know, we went to the market um, with this local chef and really learned about the foods in that area and did some taste testing. And then we bought our ingredients and we went back to that person's kitchen and the kids were, you know, the ones who were cutting up the ingredients and putting them in the wok and, and making the meal and, and then taste testing afterwards. And, you know, that kind of experience um, has a lot more impact uh, when you're actually doing it, you know, and living it than, say, walking through a museum. And I think this is true for younger children as well. I can remember going to Amsterdam and going to the Van Gogh Museum there. And yeah, it's a, it's a museum full of these great works of art. But when you're 10 years old, eh, you kind of don't care. But what we did there is they have a kid scavenger hunt. And once we were able to sort of put that task in front of my 10-year-old to like, oh, let's go find this and um, let's discover this hidden treasure, then he was engaged. Then it was meaningful. That is so doggone simple, Shelly. So do you think, you think most people are missing that? 
I do. Um, and I think it's because they don't really know that these experiences exist. I mean, any museum uh, around the world, you know, you go in and they actually do have kid-centric programs. You just have to ask. Um, or sometimes they have them online and you download them in advance or, you know, the national park system, for example, my boys have done every junior ranger program from, you know, Oregon to, um, Southern Florida. I mean, but it, it, it's those kinds of experiences that I think reinforce the learning, but make it fun at the same time. So why do you think many parents, grandparents, whomever, might be stuck in that or stuck in the mindset of, you know, we have to drag the kids through the museum to make this worthwhile. Um, maybe because it's easier, you know, it's like, Oh, we pulled up a list of, you know, top 10 things to do in, um, you know, New York city and, Oh, the Mets on here. Well, I guess we're going to the Met, you know, like I, I think that perhaps they're, they're not seeking out those resources that are really focused on family. And there's plenty of them, you know, that you gotta be looking at those people who know what they're talking about as far as having done it with a family, they've road tested it. And so I think those resources are going to be better at pointing you in the right direction. Excellent. Love it. And uh, I've heard of one kid tripster or something, something along those lines. <laughs> Yeah, some, so I think that's it. Kidtripster.com. Yeah, I think that's I'll, I'll look it up and I'll link it up in the show notes. <laughs> so we're going light on the learning and then we're going to move straight into going big on adventure. Wow, this is so true, especially when you're talking about teenagers. I mean, the older my kids have gotten, the more I find myself having to up my game in the adventure department. Um, you know, zip lines and aerial rope courses. Those are a thing of the past. Like that doesn't even like tick a box anymore. Now we're, you know, ice climbing on glaciers in Alaska. Um, we're jumping into glacial pools. I mean, my teens want to push the limits. They want to push themselves, um, but they also want to push me. So, you know, this summer when we're in Alaska, sorry, I keep using Alaska as an example, but it's a good one. Um, we went to Kenai Fjords National Park and there and there's this this massive strenuous hike, um, 10 miles up to the Harding ice field. And, you know, frankly, my boys didn't think I'd be able to do it. Um, it's a pretty aggressive hike, but I have to tell you when I'm standing up on the top of Harding ice field, proving them wrong, sharing that kind of sweet, satisfying moment with my kids that makes it all worthwhile. And one other thing when it comes to adventure, Let's not forget, kids like to brag, right? So whatever adventure you're planning, uh, be ready for it to show up on Instagram. It's got to be Instagram worthy um, if you're going to, you know, score points with your teenager. Well, and they may not do it in front of you, but kids like to brag about their parents too. You might not ever hear it, but... <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say... You should have seen my I, I mom. heard that before. <laughs> love that. Love it. So while we're going big on adventure, we're also going to be inviting a friend. That's an interesting one. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, if you have an only child, you've probably already experienced this, but this is kind of new for our family. My oldest is now away at college. So we've sort of entered this new phase of our travel life vacationing with one child because, you know, the vacation schedules aren't matching up anymore. So 
I actually think my youngest is probably dreading this prospect, but you know, nevertheless, he has a lot of friends who I know wouldn't mind tagging along with us on a trip. Um, and you know, kids are just typically happier when they're able to share their vacation experience with a peer. So if you have one teenager, it's not that big of a deal to bring another one along. Uh, does that lessen the blow of the FOMO a little bit, you think? I think it does. And, you know, it also um, gives them somebody to to share their experience with that's on their same level. Um, and, you know, I also like the fact that you get to know their friends a little bit more, which kind of leads me to my next point is that, you know, you can either invite one friend or invite eight. And I say that because this past summer I took five, uh, eight 15-year-old boys. I piled them all into my RV and I took them for a three-day beach getaway to the Oregon coast. And, you know, did I have to share my kid? Yes. Did he have much more to say to me than, hey, mom, do we have more Doritos? Yeah, probably not. But again, you know, parents of teenagers, we take what we can get. Um, and so beside the time with your kid, it was also really nice to have kind of quality time with his friends. So I got to know them better because as your kid's get older, it is, it's harder to connect with their friends. Sometimes you, you don't know who they are, don't know what those, those guys are about. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to bring along the whole squad as my 15 year old calls them. I love that. And looking at raising children as a long game, which of course it is, and it extends beyond the point when, when they live at home, extends into their own adulthood as an adult who traveled as a teenager, in my case, traveled with my grandmother, even though I did spend a lot of time meeting other kids and doing things with other people, I still go back and think of those trips. And the first person I think about is my grandmother. And she was the reason those trips happened. It was her generosity that made that trip happen in the first place. So even though I spent considerable amount of time with people other than her, like she's the one, she was really the center of the universe when it came to that trip. And I'm optimistic that that'll be the same uh, in your case, Shelly, even when you do bring the squad that you're going to get uh, maybe the emotional credit for that trip someday, maybe not today, but but someday. <laughs> let's cross our fingers. Just one little tactical piece let's talk about before we move on from number seven, which was invite a friend and number eight, which was bring the whole squad. Talk to me about talking to the other parents of these kids who you want to want to take on a trip with you. That sounds like there could be some challenges there. You know what? You'd be surprised. I I have gotten total buy-in from the parents. I I don't know. Maybe they're looking for a weekend without their kids. I don't know, but I'm and I'm willing to take them. But they actually have been really enthusiastic about um, them coming along on our adventures. Again, I admit openly that my children have been blessed with the gift of travel, and not every family is able to do what we've been able to do. So if I'm able to spread that gift over more kids, I am happy to do it. And I think the parents see the value in travel. They also see the value in connecting more deeply with these friends because, you know, especially with the existence of social media, I think it, it can be hard for kids to have deep, meaningful relationships. And so these kind of trips reinforce that. And it's just, I mean, you know, this trip, trip this summer, it was just such a joy to see eight 15-year-old boys enjoying time with each other. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of screen time. I mean, they, they weren't on their phones. They were doing things and they were eating together and playing games together, watching movies together. And I, I just found it really satisfying. 
Satisfying indeed. And that's going to bring us to our final point, Shelley. This is where we bring it all home. Number nine, lay the groundwork for the future. Right. And and this kind of touches on what you've been talking about. So if you haven't already, now's the time to make sure that you're including grandparents in the equation. So if you're feeling like the time with your kids is slipping away, that that window is closing, I mean, I feel that all the time. Just think about the grandparents in your life. You know, it's they're even more painfully aware of the clock. So look for those vacations that can serve the needs of everyone in your family. And you can take a multi-generational trip. You know, um, I think small ship cruises or river cruises are great for multi-generational families because they're, they're smaller ships, easier for grandparents to negotiate um, if they have mobility problems. Um, but there's still plenty of activities and shore excursions that are going to engage your teenagers. Um, an all-inclusive resort could sort of say, you know, um, serve that same purpose. And I think this is the way to think about it. If your kids see their grandparents on vacation with you, they're more likely to allow you on vacation with them years in the future when you have your own grandchildren and we all get, you know, a second chance. <laughs> Shelly, I just read The Lion King to my kids last night, and it makes me think of the circle of life. Oh, it's so true. So true. Yeah, I love it. So, such great such great wisdom here, my friends. And we're going to have this linked up in the show notes, all nine of these points. And of course, link right over to that companion article over at kidtripster.com. We've been speaking to Shelly Bailey Shaw here on Family Travel Radio. And I encourage you to follow Kid Tripster on social media at Kid Tripster all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. And of course, head over to kidtripster.com for all of your family travel needs. Shelly Bailey Shaw, thanks so much for sharing time with us today on Family Travel Radio. Thanks for the opportunity. I hope you enjoyed my chat today with Shelly from Kid Tripster. And my friend, I hope you enjoyed all of these first 10 episodes of Family Travel Radio. Like I said in the intro, we are just getting started. We've got big plans for 2019, and I just sincerely appreciate you tuning in and making us part of your life. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, and just from all of us here at Family Travel Association and the team here at Family Travel Radio, a happiest of holidays. Happy New Year to you and your friends, family. It's just been a true pleasure serving you and looking forward to just keeping this thing rocking and rolling in the future. This is Aaron Schlein here, and I'm signing off for the year. See you in 2019.